was just an absolute explosion of love and not just love for the child, but I also felt like it's love for my partner. It was love for you. It was love for the midwife. It was, you know, you're just so grateful. It's just such an intimate moment of connectedness to these people who've been part of this incredible experience that's going to literally change your life forever. Welcome to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Oasa Holstein. I'm a Swedish midwife, a healthcare entrepreneur, and a very proud mother of three beautiful children. I've set out on a mission to let empowering conversations about birth come to life. As a midwife and woman, I'm an advocate of women's rights, and part of that is our right to have a secure and positive birth experience. Knowledge is power, and when it comes to birth, the knowledge about the process will allow for you to make informed choices about your birth. Of course, not all options might be available if medical complications occur. How we give birth truly matters, and we carry our experiences from giving birth with us throughout life. My aim is that these stories will help you tap into the superpower that resides in all of us and draw strength from that during birth. In this episode, we will hear Michelle Lee telling us about wanting a C-section yet even before becoming pregnant, but during pregnancy, taking her fears seriously and getting the tools needed for her to find the courage to try out a vaginal birth and ending up having just that, an uncomplicated, powerful vaginal birth. This is a podcast with women for women. So welcome to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, I'm super excited to be here. Actually, an extra special and emotional episode for me, mm. since I had the honor to participate in the birth of your son, Emmett. Yeah, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, that was yeah. so cool. I was your midwife doula during that birth. Mm. So there was actually another midwife in the hospital taking care of the medical part of birth. That's right. So That's I was right. only there to support you. But you were there with us to support us and coach us and just be part of that intimate moment. So it's very emotional for me too to even see you again. And yeah, you're connected to us forever. The first time we met was at a private Le Mans class yeah, that you and right. your husband, Per, mm-hmm. were taking in preparation for birth. That's right. I think you were around like 30 weeks pregnant. It must have been around then when I started actually realizing I should take some classes and get prepared for what was about to happen. <laughs> and as I can right. recall, you were the first thing that we talked about was C-section. That's right. So so bringing us back to where you were mentally when we met the first time. Yeah, I, I think I swung wildly between, you know, here I am taking, signed up for this course of to do this. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it this way. And yet very much still deep down feeling like, but I'd be really happy if I'd had, a, if I could choose to have a C-section, which is one of those things that I think actually, I'm sure there's lots of people out there who can relate to that. And at the same time, there's also a big, norm social norms and a lot of pressure to not say that out loud right Mm. to to, that that's not the way that you quote unquote should do it and I think particularly here in Sweden there's a lot of pressure to not go that route right to to go the natural route and yet for me because I had many friends who had had complications for various reasons before during after I just felt like I didn't I didn't want that those complications I was and particularly I think as you know I was scared of the tearing and the you know that the physical healing that still has to take place afterwards which can be just as long for some people as if they'd had a c-section 
And so, yeah, I think I had this these fears based on those other stories that weren't so positive around actually going through this process of giving birth and and physically, you know, being damaged, if you will. And the lingering, I think, even psychological effects of that for some people afterwards. And and so I was I was scared for all of those reasons. And yet there was also this part of me that felt like I know what they say in terms of how it can be how it can be better for the child and for the mother for to to go through a vaginal birth. And so I also felt like I kind of want to try it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I can do this, you know, and, and these are just fears and I can I can deal with this. And so there I was kind of sort of open to it and yet also completely petrified of it all at the same time. <laughs> mm. And I don't think that ever totally went away. You know, it I think I oscillated between those two. They're quite extreme <laughs> between the quite extreme. I'm gonna do it yeah. <laughs> completely naturally versus I'm gonna have the C section. And there was really nothing in between for me. It was like those two that was, you know, and I think there's probably lots of, yeah, in the spectrum in between, there's lots of other options in there. But So except meeting me for this preparation class, what kind of preparation did you do? I think I read a lot. I talked to a lot of people. You know, there are there is so much information online now. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a lot of people and just heard their stories. And I think if nothing else, it just became so clear to me that I do get to choose And I think just knowing that I could choose and that this, it just relaxed me and that I had the support of a partner who who was fine either way kind of thing, you know, and just this openness to it made mm. me feel a lot more sort of mentally prepared than anything was just that, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. It's what matters is that we're both healthy at the end of it kind of thing and just sort of relaxing into it. And I think I am an academic, so I kind of go the academic way with things that are challenges to me. Mm. So, so I read a lot or I'll, I'll study a lot or I'll interview a lot of people kind of in my own way. You know, you're it's like I'm collecting data all the time or something. Mm. <laughs> and that in itself just makes me feel almost that relaxes me. It's kind of like, this is a really bad comparison, but I'm just thinking of how like when you read TripAdvisor, <laughs> if you read them all, you know, there's the people who never go anywhere and, you know, they think it's perfect. And then the people who travel tons and are kind of a bit more pickier. And then, but if you read enough reviews, you kind of get a good sense of the place, <laughs> wherever it is that you read. And I felt like it was kind of the same thing of like, you know, if you hear enough stories, you start getting a sense of like, here's the the full range, how you can prepare for each one of those, no matter what happens. It's about having realistic expectations, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know we've talked about that before with mm-hmm. the expectations. And I think I remember a, a couple of weeks before I was at a meeting and someone from work asked, something along the lines of, you know, do you have a birth plan or what's your birth plan? And I remember kind of just almost feeling like, I mean, I understand the question, but I also felt confused by it of like, my plan is to get them out. <laughs> you know, like, like that's, I wasn't fixated on the one perfect way. And I think that also helped was just feeling really quite open to, mm. yeah, what matters is that he comes out and he's fine and I'm healthy. That yeah. is my experience too. And I think we talked about that during the class also, that if you go into it, with realistic expectations and an open mind it's um and the knowledge that it has to be only has to be okay it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be the dream day it doesn't have to be that pink cloud that's just, right you just have to do it yeah in best possible way that yeah. day for you yeah. in that moment yeah absolutely yeah that's such a nice way of talking yeah of talking about it it's yeah i love that So at what time did you know that birth had started? 
it was the day before he was due. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, there was no, all of a sudden, you know, nothing for a couple of days, no signs, and which was unusual. And I was kind of doing all of the things because I think I was hitting that point where you're ready. This mm. is the due date. It's time. Let's go. <laughs> Assuming you're coming now, let's go, you know. And I had gone for the walks up the hills and, <laughs> you know, drinking my red raspberry leaf tea or whatever. And then there was, it wasn't like a big, big gush, but it was just kind of like, it felt like you couldn't stop peeing. <laughs> Like it just kept going and going. And then the contraction started Mm. right away. And then it just went into six minutes right away. I think by the Mm. third or fourth contraction, Mm. we went right into six minutes and it never stopped from that. So the whole drive there to the hospital was in, I was at six minutes. So I just felt very clear that like, oh yeah, no, this is happening. Like there was no kind of relief from it. So did you go into the hospital right away or did you stay home for some time before going in? No, I think, I mean, I think I called you or, and then we called the hospital and they just said, come in, but then we'll probably send you home kind of thing. So even then it felt like, okay, yeah, mm. this could still be another 24 hours or something like that. And so you went into the hospital, you had contractions six minutes apart. Yeah. And what did you do when the contractions came? You know, it was very manageable, those early ones. You know, if there was any moment where I had some control over my breathing, that was probably it. And it wasn't making the weird sounds yet. So at that point I could still just sort of breathe through them. And I remember I just felt so excited that I Mm. think I had sort of this adrenaline rush Mm. too. So maybe that was kind of helping at that point. And you're not so exhausted as you are many hours later. So you have this sort of adrenaline and kind of just this positive surge of energy. But then I remember we got to the hospital and we had, it was this funny, it's this funny memory of we got to the hospital and I had to go to the waiting room while they sorted out the room for me. And the room was kind of full, the waiting room. So there weren't actually two seats together. So Per and I were actually on the opposite sides of the room. <laughs> and then I'm sitting beside some guy who clearly had been waiting for a while and was eating crackers while he was watching sorry. on the TV. No, it was so weird. And you know, when you're very sensitive to smell. So all I could smell were these crackers and he's crunching. And I was just like, I just, I was literally in labor, right? So mm. I kind of just felt like screaming, like, shut <laughs> But stop it was chewing, funny all at the same stop time. Chewing. Yeah. Stop, they stink. Yeah. Can't you tell I'm in labor? And, and meanwhile, Pear is trying to time things for me, you know, across from across the room. Yeah. And I think I had probably three or four in that in that waiting room before before they got us into mm. a room. So in the grand scheme of things, it was probably 20 minutes, but it felt like forever that you were just mm. sitting in this room having going into labor beside this these people that you know. And you were actually sitting down when you got yeah. the contractions? Yeah. I stayed yeah. I still were in a waiting room. <laughs> I know, yeah. And it all felt really, you know, at that point, maybe because I did still feel relatively calm mm. about the whole thing. But yeah, looking back, I sort of feel like, why, why did I just sit there and like, mm. listen, like I should, yeah. So eventually we got the room though. And we, and then, and then it just kept getting faster. And you were, I think at that point we, they did the examination and that's when we called you. Mm, I remember it vividly. Yeah. 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 It was very intense yeah. when I arrived. Mm. So how did you experience me coming to the room? What oh. happened to you and Per in that moment? You just came in and it was just warmth and love. And, mm. you know, you came right and gave me this huge hug. And yeah, I just, I, I think I think I told you, maybe I think I told you at the time when I had first even got into the room, I had gone to the bathroom and as your body is wont to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I... I would kind of just got sort of like not stuck, but just sort of was sitting there. And I actually almost felt like, okay, this is easier. Like, I'm just going to stay here on the toilet. toilet. Yeah. Because I didn't want to move. I was in pain. Mm. And at that point, I could still breathe through the contractions. And I remember the person on duty was kind of kept telling me, um, you 
you can come out you need to come out now <laughs> and from the toilets yeah yeah and and also we can hook you up to the gas and i remember feeling like but i don't want the gas yet like i'm actually still doing okay mm. i can breathe through this and i don't i i if i can do it i can do it kind of thing i don't want to mm. start using that if i don't have to kind of thing and then but i had just come out and then you had arrived and mm. i remember it just felt like perfect timing like okay now i know i'm in good hands i know what's going to happen you'll know mm. you'll tell me what mm. needs to happen kind mm. of thing and then that that yeah, I just felt so, I felt so grateful. Describe the guidance and what in the guidance do you think helped you the most? I mean, there's the, there's actual like the physical mm-hmm. <laughs> help, right? Mm-hmm. The support, the literally helping move me mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're in in pain, kind of, you know, because even when the contraction stops, it's not like you're suddenly like, oh, okay, I feel good. I'm going to get up and move around, you know, I didn't want to move. <laughs> And even though it was recommended, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to, you need to stand up now or you need to sit here mm-hmm. now, you know, so there's like this physical support of we're going to help you make this happen. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And you remember, I was, I was so sick. <laughs> I, oh yeah. You I was so, so You threw it up. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Almost every contraction I threw up. I've blanked that out. <laughs> yeah. And so, boy, did I. Yeah. yeah. And so that was another one of those surprising elements of I never had heard of that before. Mm. You know, I'd heard of things coming out the other end. <laughs> and mm. I never thought about throwing up. And again, where you just, there was no worrying about how I'm breathing through the contraction. I was throwing up through <laughs> the contraction, you know. And there was no worrying about, you know, your partner can massage your back or hold you like this. He was literally holding a barf bag for mm. me. <laughs> and you guys were tying my hair back. <laughs> yes. You know, but that was physical, the physical support I needed mm. at that moment. So I think there is just that care, you know, mm. so you feel that bit physically kind of nurtured and safe and like helped. Mm. It makes it easier. I can get up because I have I have multiple people there mm. to help me kind of move mm. around. But a lot of it was then, the, it was, I guess, the taking the thinking away, right? And that just mm. telling me, and I remember you were, you were, it was so specific. I think that's what it was. It was so, spe- it was specific in a way that I don't think anybody else could have been. It was like, okay, when you get to the top of this, sensation here's how you're going to breathe you know i want you to try mm. this pair you can put your hand exactly here on her neck and you know it, it wasn't just like hey you can you can support her if you want or <laughs> it was like here <laughs> put your hand here and it was perfect it was exactly what that was the hand on the neck i needed that at mm. that precise moment or if it was a hand mm. on the back i it helped with the pushing or it helped with whatever the contraction that i was going through and so i think all of the It was the specificity of the guidance that mm. you were able to give. And you your energy level, right? You just, you kept coming with this instruction. And it was, I mean, you were up all night too. Super intense. So that's why it's so easy to stay awake. I love birth. It is the best thing to be yeah. part of. And I felt that And it's me. such an honor to to be with a woman giving birth to support her. And you get all the knowledge about what she needs to do. You have it in your hands, If you've helped many women, you just, I just touched you and I felt that, okay, this is the next step. This is what is needed. I think to be a good, like, support person in that sense, you kind of need to be under each other's skins. Yeah. Be a unit a little bit. Yeah, you're together in that. Yeah, you're together. You do it together. And that is what's helpful for the woman giving birth, I think. That's how you feel supported. I'm not alone. Yeah, this person. I'm, I'm together with someone. I'm being carried, literally. Yeah, I'm being carried. <laughs> Physically and Someone is guiding mentally. me and that's I can true. relax. And that's, um, I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. So I came and I didn't stay there so many hours before you actually starting to go into the last phase of labor. Right. 
and then you started having the more pushing sensations. Can you describe how those changed? Like, how did they feel compared to the opening phase contractions? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost it's almost intolerable at some level, right? I mean, I really felt clear of. I think what was interesting is because it happened so fast, and you don't you don't know. I mean, you can't tell what how open you are in terms of how. I mean, you have no sense of that. Um, and so I remember thinking. I just was at that level where I thought, okay, I need, I need an epidural or some sort of, mm. you know, intervention here to mm. handle this because mm. I'm just, I've been throwing up for a couple hours now. Mm. I'm weak. I mm. can't, I can't quite take this. I don't think. And then they did the examination right, and I think we had one centimeter left. Mm. Did it freak you out? <laughs> no, I think I just felt grateful that I was at, like, oh, thank goodness, someone must. <laughs> it's not going to get so much worse, right? I'm, I'm kind of nearing the end of that. And kind of, I think in the moment of like, oh, I just did that. You know, there's a little kind of positive reinforcement that kicks in at mm. that point too. But then that that last centimeter, wow, it's a big one. <laughs> it, it can be a big one. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I felt like I was at my edge, but then somehow like, okay, I can <laughs> now do I it. can do this. Mm. I got, you know, and I did, I felt weaker than I thought I would by the time mm. I got to that mm. stage, right? That is one of the things that I as a midwife look for when a woman says, oh, I'm so tired. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this. I don't have an energy left <laughs> because that's usually the feeling you get during the transition phase before, you know, before the pushing contraction starts, right. that you have no energy left. And then the the whole hormonal and um, system changes into more adrenaline and you get like, uh, you get the power. And get focused. And, and you get focused yeah. and you get like, even though you've been working for many, many hours, maybe you have this extra resource power within you. And you just keep going. Did you find that kicking in for you? Yeah. And I also stopped throwing up then. You did. Right. Right. Yeah. So, th so then it felt better. Like, okay, I can, this I can do. Mm. <laughs> But then I remember that part got slow. That part was actually, that took a couple hours, the pushing. The first time you, we give birth, the body is not really able to multitask. Right. You know, the cervix gets short, you start to open, and then the baby's had to send. If it's been a very fast opening phase when you give birth to the first child, usually birth kind of slows down a little bit for right. you and the baby to recover. To recover. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's where I got my recovery, I mm. feel, felt like. But if you have given birth before, everything can happen at the same time. Right. Your body But, just knows. Yeah. So okay. now, now it, it, did you feel impatient, so you think? No, I didn't. No? And he was he was fine, right? His ever, All of the vitals were fine. Mm. So I didn't feel... No, I don't remember. Feel, I mean, I think, you know, there's obviously there's these moments where you're like, is this happening? Is he coming out? <laughs> Because it, it was taking a long time. But... It, That still felt different for me than being impatient of like, oh, hurry up. Why isn't, you know, it just, it was more curiosity of like, oh, I hope this is going to. Do you remember how long it was? Just to make clear how long is a long time. <laughs> no, was it like two or three hours? And two hours is like a normal time. Okay. Okay. So not, I shouldn't use the word long. <laughs> no, especially because you, you your contractions had to slow down. So they weren't like three minutes apart. They were more like five or six minutes apart yeah. by this time. Yeah. So in what position did you give birth to Emmett? I was on my back in the end, wasn't I? It yeah. was it was kind of the the movie position of like knees were up and you each were holding a leg. So you were semi-sitting in the bed. Yeah. So a very kind of, in some ways, the traditional mm -hmm. thing that you envision. Mm -hmm. 
but there had been so many other positions yeah, in between. Yeah, you'd been trying them all out. Yeah, yeah. Standing on your knees, ground. standing on all fours, yeah. sitting on the birthing stool, standing up. Lying on my side, I think we tried. Yes, you did that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, we tried them all. <laughs> Which is good because every time you change position, you change the measurements in the pelvis. So it's going to be easier for the baby's head to rotate down. Okay. So, yeah, so it, you know, it has well, a you perfect just experience too. different sensations too, yes, right? You do. So then again, it gives your body a break from whatever you were feeling in the mm-hmm. other position. Mm. What happens with the pain when you move? Well, you, I think in some ways you do get a, a bit of a release, right? Mm. And I don't know if it's, I'm sure some of it's hormonal, some of it also is just like at the level of distraction. Like, okay, mm. now I'm focusing on mm. moving, dragging myself over to here or sitting down here and, and, and likewise, I think there is what changes is the the positions that your partner is then with you as mm. well, right? So then when you're on the stool and they're behind you, there's a real warmth and you're literally in their kind of, they're cradling you, mm-hmm. right? And so there's, and helping you, I could kind of leverage sort mm-hmm. of as you push. And, and then, you know, and then in the bed, he's up near my head and holding me more there, you know, and it's just nice that you, again, that the, the partner also has a different role to play and different mm. kinds of support that they're providing in these different positions too. So I remember you helping me think that through that too, because I was, because I had been so scared about the tearing. Mm. And we you talked kept, a lot about that. Yeah. And so you kept telling me birth. this is helping, you know, yeah. that going slow in this phase is actually going to help that, that thing that you're scared of. This is, this is good, you know? So then you kind of feel like, okay, this is my body doing it, mm. what it needs to do. Mm. And body is wise. Yeah. And, and Emmett was doing his part too, you know, taking his time at the part. He actually like, you know, if you think about it, that's kind of what you'd want. Like do this part fast mm-hmm. and then don't go so fast that it, it does damage. Perfect. You know, so he did, I feel like he was a good partner in that as he made his way into the world. But yeah, the word we always use in our house is like, it's like a, a love explosion. It was so intense. Mm-hmm. The gratitude and the, and it, and it's not just love for the child, but I also felt like it's love for my partner. It was love for you. It was love for the midwife. It was, you know, you're just so grateful. It's just such an intimate moment of connectedness to these people who've been part of this incredible experience that's mm-hmm. going to literally change your life forever. And so I just, it's love. It was just, an ex- it was an explosion, mm-hmm. you know? And I know a lot of people say when you come home with a newborn, it's sort of like a bomb going off in your house too. And and it is, but it's, but we keep calling it, but it was like the love, um, you know, it was just an absolute explosion of love and, and it hasn't let up, <laughs> you know, it's, it's still on, yeah, it's still on, you know, it's this intense connectedness. And I know that's not true for everybody, right? That I think some people don't feel that connection at the beginning. So also just a surprise that that's what I could feel mm. that because you don't know and you don't know if you're just going to be too exhausted to sort of care. And I'm sure some people feel that. I think some people... Quite a lot of women feel that is my experience, yeah. And that feels very legitimate. (laughs) You need to kind of, you know, bring yourself back to the body before you can get the love bombing feeling for the child. If you had to choose one defining moment during your birth, what would that be? It's defining in terms of my personality, Mm -hmm. of, you know, just being yourself in that moment, coming back into yourself and then also kind of yeah, still being in your own bubble. But I remember feeling, I think it was because you guys asked, do you want to feel it mm-hmm. as his head mm-hmm. as his head entered the world? And I remember feeling like, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, why, why wouldn't I want to touch them all at the same time? I don't know. You know, I'm sure lots of people would have been like, yes, of course. Obviously you asked the question, other people want to, mm -hmm. but I guess I just felt like I came back into myself of like, I don't know that I want to feel myself that wide open down there. No. Did anything during the birth disturb you? There was this other woman that was part of the team, the mm. delivery team. She just kind of was sulking in the room a little bit. Like she was just, she was just quiet and it seemed like she was just kind of in a sour mood, mm. you know, just kind of a little bit grumpy. And, you know, I've talked about how I just felt so nurtured and supported and careful, but not by her. Like, you know, it was sort of maybe in spite of, but I mean, it didn't disturb me in the sense of it didn't really throw me off because I had so much other kind of love mm. and support around me. But I did notice it, mm. even though I was in this pain and yeah, you're kind of in your own little bubble. And I remember she just kind of didn't do much because she sat down in a chair and I felt like, you know, again, we, we've said before, there can't be enough people mm. helping you, right? So it kind of felt like an odd choice to make when that's what you do for a living. I felt that she was impatient about mm. that taking two hours and that we were mm. doing it this natural way. And mm -hmm. that was my experience too. And why I think this is so interesting is that a person coming into a room where a woman is giving birth and the person is having negative energy or in being yeah. impatient or something, it just, you need, if you're pos if it's possible, you need to send them out of the room. And even though you're so into labor. I still that felt that. You felt it yeah. because this, our senses are like super active when we give birth. The smell, you talked about the crackers yeah. in the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the hearing, yeah. um, uh, how we taste things Absolutely. and the touch, we're like super, super sensitive. If possible, if it's um, medically safe, try to only have the people in the room that provides to the birth. Yeah. I sometimes think it's good if we can bring the bitch into the birthing room too, <laughs> because, you know, we only give birth a few times in life. And it's like the people that doesn't serve you, you know, kick them yeah. out of the room. Yeah. And stand your ground. Yeah. Right? Stand your ground. So was there anything that you would have liked to know prior to actually giving birth that you didn't know? At some level, even with all the preparation and the breathing, there's some implication that you're going to have some level of control when you're in there, right? And I feel like when I look back, I feel like I didn't really, <laughs> I mean, it just, it wasn't out of control. I wouldn't ever use that as a description of the birth that I was fortunate enough to experience. But I at the same time, didn't I didn't feel, in, you're not in control of, like your body's actually just doing something at mm -hmm. that point, right? And so, yeah, it, I think that it's that surprises me still when I think about it in, in this fascinating way. I know, but that I think that is the whole trick. Like you let the body take over the command of everything. Like that's where you have the control. That's right. Let yeah. the body do its work. Let it because doing this it. is what the body knows. That there is a wisdom within us yeah. about birth. It knows it knows how to Even do though this. we haven't done it before, it's like it's it's a wisdom. It is there. Yeah, you just have to tap into it. And maybe in the child too, right? Like they oh, somehow, maybe in the baby too. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they know how to get just, out. <laughs> it's a cooperation between the baby yeah. and the mother. Yeah. Is there a myth about childbirth that you like to kill in this podcast? Well, I think I guess it's probably the two extremes, right? So up until that point, you hear the people who probably like I will end up doing is like you talk about it like it was this amazing beautiful life altering mm -hmm. experience, mm -hmm. right? Because I had <laughs> been throwing up and kind of felt like, and it was so fast and mm -hmm. I hadn't felt totally in control. And I remember feeling like, who are those people that think that was fun? <laughs> you know, and who talk about it so positively, right? 
And then at the same time, I'm also like, then there's the other extreme that it's awful and it's painful and it's Mm -hmm. traumatic. And both of those extremes are true for people, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean there's nothing in between. So do you think that this experience of giving birth to Emmett has changed how you look upon yourself as a woman and a person? Oh, that's a good question. Instinctively, I just feel like, yes, of course. I mean, how can you possibly go through something like that and not not be changed? Your identity is still who you were before to mm. all these people you've known. And, and yet, at the same time, your identity has shifted. So it's still kind of reconfiguring, I think, in some mm. ways. I've just gone through this physical feat that you share with women all over the world. Mm. Did you ever think about that during the actual birth? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. did? That was one of the things that I actually remember you had told me in terms of preparing, think, you know, have mm. some things that you want to think about mm. in terms of that, that you can draw on, that give mm. you strength. And I can't remember the woman's name. And I spent some time for work in South Africa. And it was in a particular township in South Africa. It's one of the more dangerous ones. There's higher levels of violence there still right now, higher levels of poverty. But there's this group who are trying to sort of rejuvenate jazz. And they were trying to connect some of the youth with playing these instruments and spending time in these homes Mm. jamming and, Mm. you know, this intergenerational bonding they were doing through music and trying to, again, just sort of repair and restore community and a sense of belonging in this area. And there was this one woman who then spoke to us about this. So we attended a jazz performance in Mm. this house, this group that we're working with, and then this woman who was speaking. And... She was talking about how one of the things they started doing was, and again, the details are a bit blurry, but it was something like they were actually starting to hang pictures of the moms in these different rooms where then these meetings would take place so that people would remember their mothers mm-hmm. were looking mm-hmm. over them, you know, mm-hmm. and that, and not just your own mother, but other people's moms care too. And so that they were, even if they're not there always hanging out with you, they're there watching over you kind of thing. And she just, she had this incredible story and all this work that she was doing for her community and, and her her own children. And she just had this raw strength and charisma. And I remember when I met her, I told her, I mean, I just thought she was so incredible in terms of her strength as a, as a mom. Mm. <laughs> and women all over the world can learn and draw from her. You know, it's just, it was incredible. And so she was in the room with me that day, you know, that mm. it was, that was who I was During thinking the birth of, like, of yeah, I can do this for her. <laughs> And I did it. Such a beautiful story from, from you coming from like, I want to have a C-section <laughs> to actually doing the vaginal birth <laughs> yeah. to during the vaginal birth, thinking about this woman and feeling so connected. Yeah. So this is why I'm so passionate about um, preparation and childbirth education, because it totally matters it does. how we prepare and that we prepare yeah. and that we bring all of what we are into the preparation Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in when loving I'm, a very, you know, humble way. And using what that's inside of you. What did you think helped you find that superpower um, during birth? Mm. I like that you called it a superpower. It is a superpower. <laughs> yeah, wow. it kind of is. But yeah, but then that, at the same time, we don't use those words about ourselves. So it's... I know. That's why should. I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. It is a true superpower. It really is. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it was this, I think for me, it was this combination, right? Of the, uh, the, as best as you can prepare beforehand, the inspiration of this incredible strong woman, the, mm-hmm. all the women who have gone before me in this process, 
the strength of the team that I had there that day. Mm-hmm. I had an incredible partner in that. And again, he didn't really know if he was going to be that kind of partner in that, even though I felt quite confident that he would be just knowing him. I think, you know, he still felt nervous of like, well, what if I freak out? Mm-hmm. You know, that was a question he had beforehand. I think he even asked you, you know, cause, and, and some people do, right. I think there's, or there's even, you know, there's the stories of the fainting <laughs> partners and the, you know, they're just physically not able to kind of be there in that moment. But I met so few partners that faint and that freak out. So I think they're also like... We you know, build that up. Yeah. I felt really well supported. Mm. I paired through that and as I expected to, but again, you don't know. And and more maybe how I interacted with them. I mean, I, I'm kind of one of those people like, I didn't know if I would be angry almost feeling or like just really grumpy, I mm. guess, when you're in pain or like almost shutting, I mean, shutting down. That's another thing of just like, okay, I'm going to go in, internal and just focus and get this done, but kind of block out the person and be a bit cold or something. Mm. You know, you could disconnect in that moment. That w- I think all of those things could happen, right? They're all mm. reasonable. So had you and Pear talked all those um, different scenarios through? I think we had it partly with you. You had mm-hmm. helped us kind of talk about that a little bit. And I think help kind of normalize all of those Mm -hmm. that this can happen or this can happen Mm -hmm. and some people do this and and then that just kind of made us I think if nothing else then you're expecting like okay it could be any of those things and to know for him that it's not personal I think that none of those things it doesn't mean that you don't love the person in Mm -hmm. that moment it's not you know if that's just what they need to do to get through that Mm, it's a coping strategy that's right so what will you tell Emmett about him being born you know, I have a book actually that's called On the Night You Were Born about the moon stayed up until the sun rise that night and the polar bears dance till dawn and so on and so forth. It goes on. And so I think about that, this phrase is in this book called On the Night You Were Born, you know, and so I often reading that to kind of go back mm-hmm. to that moment of, yeah, it was this celebration of nature and nurture and, you know, polar bears and moon and the sun. And it was this beautiful Swedish summer that we had. Mm. It was the middle of May. So we were almost at those long, we were at those long, long stretches Mm. of daylight hours. So it was gorgeous sun streaming in the window. So it was a nighttime, but it was this beautiful sun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sun coming in and welcoming him into the world. Mm. Yeah, just all of that love and energy and both from outside and inside. And that's what I remember. They're connected now. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Michelle Lee, for coming to this podcast and sharing your story. It's been a true joy. It's just super meaningful. It, it, you know, it just immediately you take me back into that room and this connection that I have to you forever and literally ask me to do anything, anywhere, anytime. (laughs) You brought my son into the world. (laughs) I'm yours. (laughs) What do you need? World peace and a better environment. (laughs) I'll get to work. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife, Oasa Holstein. And thank you from the bottom of my heart, Michelle, for sharing your story about overcoming fear and turning it into strength with us. And also for allowing me to be part of your journey into motherhood. I feel blessed. And this is why I'm so passionate about my work as a midwife and about this podcast project. Because my vast experience as a midwife shows that most fears can be overcome if you address them with self-love and respect. And if you seek the help and get the pre-knowledge about birth that is right for you. 
If you do that, I'd say almost no matter how severe the fear is, it can be turned into strength and pure power. And if not, yeah, you have at least explored it thoroughly. And in that case, a C-section is probably the absolute best choice for you. This story has now got an eternal life and will be passed forward in aim to help other women in their preparation for birth. Amazing, if you ask me. If you want to read more about me and this mission of mine, go to the Positive Birth Story Podcast.com to be sure that you don't miss an episode to subscribe. And in the case you have enjoyed this episode and feel like you want to contribute to a good cause, please reach out to one of my favorite organizations of all times, Doctors Without Borders, and support them in the important and life-changing work they do for women and babies around the world every day. Thank you from the depth of my uterus, and I sincerely hope you will come back for more episodes. Bye for now. Thank you.